Hey there. I wanted to clue you in on something we have coming up at Fast Company. It's our fourth annual innovation festival where we bring together thousands of forward-thinking creators, entrepreneurs, and emerging leaders from around the globe who are blazing new trails and moving our world forward. This year's festival will be from October 22nd through the 26th in New York City, and I can personally attest that it's something you won't want to miss. To get the most updated list of our speakers and to get tickets to the festival, go to fastcompany.com festival. And because we love you listeners so much, you can get 30% off your tickets if you use the code podcast. That's fastcompany.com festival with the offer code podcast to save 30%. See you there. Probably if I had known everything that went into actually being successful, if I knew the chances, the statistics, you know, what I, mean? I would have been like, oh, no. And right. now I get why people laughed at me, you know, and I was like, I think I'm going to act. I'm Casey Finey, and this is Fast Company's Creative Conversation, a podcast where we tap into some of the most creative minds in film, TV, music and beyond. We all know Regina Hall from her comedic work in films like Girls Trip, Think Like a Man, or Scary Movie, but for her latest role in the indie dramedy Support the Girls, she's pushing the boundaries of our expectations and her abilities as an actor. Regina stars as Lisa, the manager of a local sports bar and grill catering to men. You know the type of restaurant I'm talking about. And throughout a day on the job, Lisa's habit of putting other people's needs before her own starts to unravel in a major way. It really is a touching movie that shows just how dynamic of an actor Regina really is. And in my conversation with her, she talks about finding the common thread between all her characters and how she's pushing our expectations of her even further with some new projects she's been producing and writing. So, Regina, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I mean, I'm having a moment right now, so I'm going to try <laughs> to contain my excitement. Um, but I feel like... Most people know you from your comedic work in films like Scary Movie, About Last Night, or Think Like a Man. But the role you play in your new film, Support the Girls, is one that we don't really get to see from you too often. So I'd like to hear from you a little bit about the film and how you became involved with it. Support the Girls. It's uh, it's. Did you see it? I did. You did. Oh my gosh! I love it's it. so well done. Yeah, it's such a. It's. I read it and I really liked the script. It was uh It's um. It's a simple story, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I remember when I read it, I kept waiting for Lisa. I was so used to studio films. I was waiting for Lisa. I was like, Lisa's no good. She's watched. There's going to be, <laughs> she stole this or stole that. And then. Lisa's just, the manager of Lisa's Double the manager, Whammies. yeah, Lisa Conroy. I play yeah. Lisa. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was something very beautiful in like the way that Andrew, there was a humanity to, to the story and the girls and. People trying to make it day to day, doing the best they can. And I just, I don't know, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I was really um, happy that, you know, they were going to put a black female in that part. Absolutely. And, you know, and yet it wasn't about race. You right. know what I mean? And and I just, uh, I don't know, it just kind of felt good. But there was a lot of hope. You know what I mean? All the moves were real lateral. But, mm-hmm, right. <laughs> <laughs> but moves nonetheless. Moves you know? nonetheless. And that's how it is sometimes in Absolutely. life. Sometimes it doesn't have to be a giant leap. Just just a move is enough. And I love, like I was saying, I love seeing you in roles like this because you're also in uh, the indie rom-com People Places Things and mm-hmm. in, a similar, in a similar role where race wasn't the linchpin of the role. You just right. so happen to be in that role. Yeah. So for you as... As you kind of people's like I said, people I think a lot of 
a lot of people still think of you as like a comedic actor. So mm-hmm. what is it like for you stepping into these types of roles mm-hmm. that are different than the bulk of your resume? Right. Well, you know, it's 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 funny. I think no matter what, people will always probably remember me for, you know, comedies. I mean, I did When the Bow Breaks, was, which was a thriller mm-hmm. and law-abiding. And I just think a lot of times when people think of things, and then The Hate You Give will be a drama. I just right. think they so do. But for that. I just love anything that affects people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, you know, I used to, I had friends, and most of my friends, I have friends. And a lot of my friends did drama. And there'd be people like, oh... You know, I love this. You know, I was so moved by that. And then I remember I was, I don't know, these little white boys came up to me and they were probably about 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. And they came <laughs> up to work. me and they were like, we love you. And then they were like, we're going to shit on these walls. Fart in your mouth. And I was like, and I was like, oh, no, this is what I'm putting into the world. And I had to have a real moment where I wrestled with myself. And I was like, so there's a moment where I was like, oh, no, what am I doing? And isn't art supposed to? And then I I came to have an appreciation. But, you know, that was a, you know, that was a shock, like, you know, for some little boys. Because my friend was getting such, you know, kind words. Like, I, you know, you made me feel proud to be a black woman. And, I, you know, and I'm doing this. And then I had these little boys. And I was like... It's, well, how did you, it's an R rating. Why did you see that? So, but now, you know what? <laughs> but now I still can really believe that what I've gifted, mm-hmm. it affects lives differently. Exactly. But, you know, you know, and that's okay. I'm happy with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious to know what insights have you gained about your abilities as an actor when you do step into these kind of unfamiliar spaces because I think a lot of times we always talk about how to push ourselves and challenge ourselves to do something new so for you you know with movies like support the girls or people places things Mm -hmm. things like that when the bow breaks even what kind of insight have you gained as an actor when you kind of stretch your abilities like that um or do you even think of it as a stretch yeah, I don't know that I think of it as a like a stretch because really I, I never was a comedian or had the comedic training you know I just think of him as a character so I just build every character the result is different but you know I have a a way that I kind of work and build every character and take on every script so I take them on it just may be kind of how I um interpret the material you know and so if it's a comedy I can see the room I can see it on the paper the room for the comedic beats you know I mean as crazy as Brenda Meeks is like you know, she's still dropped into her life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just, she don't have no sense. But it's, <laughs> but for her, it's very, you know what I mean? For her, those things make sense. They, right. They're real. So I think it's kind of like the same process. Absolutely. As an actor, you're dealing with, you know, over the course of your career, you've dealt with so many noted filmmakers and screenwriters. And so for you as an actor, how do you put your creative spin on someone else's vision? How mm-hmm. do you step into a role that has been, that's already been on the page and somebody else is directing it and you as an actor, how do you make sure that it has your own creative spin on it? What mm-hmm. do you add to a role? You know, well, on the paper it has all these, you know, it, it gives you, I feel like the paper gives you all the information, but the actor brings gives it life. Mm-hmm. That means all the nuances of who she is, what she walks, her backstory, all the stuff that's not on the paper, you know, her biggest secret, her biggest regret, whatever that might be, you know, that you craft and all your homework before you even go up to set. Like, it's those kinds of things that I think, you know, create, like, texture and nuances in a character. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's the hard part of it and the fun part. But it's hard, you right. know, because you, 
you really have to think. It, it's the time that it takes, but it's like where the good stuff is. And for a character like Lisa and support the girls, there's obviously so much going on in her life. Yeah, I mean, and it's just over the course of a day, you see this woman who is just so optimistic and she's this den mother to all mm. these young girls mm-hmm. and she's dealing with her own personal issues and she has so much going on. So for a role like that, what was that process for you, finding those nuances, digging deeper into the character and going going beyond what's on the page? You know, Andrew and I talked a lot. I mean, we built a, you know, I built a lot of backstory. The yes, Andrew, yeah. Andrew Bujowski, mm-hmm. the director and the writer of the script. I built a lot of backstory. He built a lot of backstory. I think reading the script over and over and over so that, like, um, um, you can actually start to hear the character. You know, I told Andrew when we started, I said, Andrew, I think she has an accent. Is it okay? Whenever I read it, I hear an accent. And he was like, okay. <laughs> you know, he I was, wondered that, cause yeah. I, and I appreciate that. As someone who grew up in Louisiana, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, excuse me. Like, what is this southern accent I hear? This is nice. Yeah, yeah. you know what? There's a, there's a, there's a something to kind of that kind of hospitality, mm-hmm. that kind of warmth. And so I felt like she just, I was like, Lisa, Lisa's from the south. Like, you know, Lisa has, she has that in her being. And, you know, and then, of course, I was like, and she puts her eyeshadow on by hand. Mm, you know, another thing I noticed. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, I was like, no, she doesn't wear foundation, but she does. Because I, I, I felt like she tried every day. Mm. She's a few years, like, behind. I mean, they all are. It's like mm. double whammies isn't Hooters. Exactly. And the thing is, you know, and that was what was so beautiful about the film, in my in my opinion, and heartbreaking, because you could tell that she was putting everybody else mm-hmm. before herself. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you're right, like, the makeup wasn't necessarily on point. Like, the <laughs> wig wasn't that great. You know, things were like, no. you know, her personal appearance was took the backseat to, like, everybody else's, yeah. everybody else's appearance, yeah. everybody else's happiness, everything that she yeah that she needed in life she just needed to put yeah. herself first and she yeah. wasn't doing that and she needed to be needed exactly yeah she had that that was you know a big part of her issue is being needed i mean i think a lot of people who have been following your career feel the same way as i do in that after all this time you're finally getting the recognition you deserve in leading roles because you've been a part of so many amazing ensemble casts and movies and it's, it's wonderful but i feel like finally we're getting to see you like front and center more often. And so as steady as your career has been, how did you know you were on the right path when things weren't happening as quickly as you may have wanted? You know, I, I was always just happy that that it was consistent, mm-hmm. you know. I remember, you know, maybe there was a point where I was like, I wonder if, and I don't remember who it was. I don't know if it was a friend or family member. It was just like, you know, slow and steady is great. You know what I mean? It's steady. And so I feel like during that time, I got to learn a lot. Mm. You know, as long as I was able to be a part of good projects, work with good people, work with good directors, I would just always forever be learning. And so, you know, when when opportunities came and, you know, I was, you know, more of the lead in the film, I was really able to handle that with the confidence that I probably wouldn't have had, you know, um, 10 years ago. Right. So would you say that was the biggest learning lesson? Like, what was that? When you had the chance to kind of sit and study and think mm-hmm. about it, what was that biggest lesson that you learned? Well, it was like what it was is that I didn't have to think about the weight of something being mm-hmm. on my shoulder. That I got to because, you know, you learn no matter what. Whenever you're working, you're in a scene with someone you're working off. Directors are giving you great notes. But I didn't have the weight of the film. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the weight of 
oh, I've got to carry this scene. I have to drive this scene. This I didn't have the weight of that. I could, you know, still do my work right. and still not have the weight, still go to the next job and learn. Whereas, you know, once you start doing it, it's a, you have a different responsibility to, um, that you have to carry when it's mm-hmm. your film. Right. And, you know, as I've mentioned, you've been consistently working in Hollywood since your 1999 breakout mm-hmm. role in The Best Man. And, you know, the thing is, like, when people, even when people stay busy, they may not always feel that fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And has there ever been a point in your career where that's been an issue, where you felt like you weren't being fulfilled in the creative sense, even though you were consistently busy? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, for me, I always stay busy with something else. Like, I write, you mm-hmm. know, um, and eventually something I write will actually, you know, You'll see it. Um, But that keeps me creative. And then doing stuff. You know, I like to do volunteer work. Mm. You know, maybe stuff that's not necessarily connected. I I feel like when my spiritual life is is full, I feel full. Mm. I feel full creatively because I'm able to see and experience everything in a fuller and richer way. Right, right. And... Speaking of writing, I mean, I actually I read that somewhere that you that you had been working on a few things on the side. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that in conjunction with you uh, co-executive producing uh, the upcoming film, I think the working title is Little, yeah, little. Um, mm-hmm. which is just amazing. Marseille Martin from Blackish. I love is just, her. It's just amazing. And exactly. So you kind of taking on these uh, these different avenues in your career. Mm-hmm. How has that been for you kind of stretching these new flexing these new muscles so to speak and in things that we may not have seen you do before it was great you know what actually um and thank you you know will packer uh productions is producing Mm -hmm. little um universal so i actually was a actually involved ep you know what i mean Mm -hmm. as opposed to just the name and exactly it was really great going to set every day it was great watching and working and trimming and working with the director and it just that was great, and so it was great to also be able to um, be able to watch Marseille, watch Issa. You know what I mean. Mm. Be able to be support and be, support them, and you know, and like watch new generations do some like really incredible work. So, I, and then you know, I tried it, and I was like, I like this. You yeah. know what I mean. So I was like, oh, this is my next step. Hmm. Yeah, so that's something I want to do a lot more of. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I know you probably can't say much, but I'm curious to know what have you been working on in terms of your writing? I know. I wish I could say, but you know, I I know, I know, I know. It's coming. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be, we're almost done. And then, and then we're going to take it out and pitch it. And if it sells, then, okay. yeah, then you'll be the first. To know. Okay. Well, you heard that here. Well, like, I'm like, two. yeah. Okay. The one first of the first. Here. Okay. Yeah. Okay, one thank of the first. Because I got to tell okay. my team and my mama, you're after mama and them. They, you Priorities. Get, you yes. Priorities. Yes. Fine. Yes. <laughs> you know, a few years back at the award ceremony for uh, the Women in Entertainment Empowerment Network, you gave such a remarkable speech. And to me, there was one part in particular that stuck out. You said, I don't even thank God for my desire. I thank him for my naivete. If I had been aware of how hard it would be, I probably wouldn't have done it. So that said, what has been the most challenging part of your Mm. career? You know, there's so much. When you first start and you go and you do a great audition and you don't get it, you just don't understand because you think, oh, it's just being good that does it. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that are involved in in decision making. And I always tell people who are 
starting out, it's not you. Like if you go in and you give a great audition and you leave the room, that your job is done. Mm-hmm. And probably if I had known everything that went into actually um, being successful, if I knew the chances, the statistics, <laughs> you know what I mean? I would have been like, oh, no. And right. now I get why people laughed at me, you know, and I was like, I think I'm going to act. You know, it felt like such a flippant decision. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. And I remember a lot of people looking at me like, you know, this bitch is crazy. Like, <laughs> that was wrong. And I really was, I didn't get it. But na- but then I was like, oh. And every time I get more success, I'd get more insight. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the most talented people are not necessarily the ones you see. So Absolutely. just understanding that. And I think, you know, we came, you know, or at least I did from a time, oh, you work hard. You, if, you're, if you're good, you're, it's going to... And there's just so many other there's so many other variables that mm-hmm. that you just don't always you know think about or conceive of. So where did that spark for acting come from? Because you actually studied to be a journalist, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're an actor. So mm-hmm. where did that initial spark come from? I mean, I always was interested in it. I don't, you know, I'm from D.C. My dad was an electrician; he passed away, and my mom was a um, teacher. So I I liked it. It just I don't, it wasn't necessarily considered a real profession. Mm-hmm. It's like wanting to dance on Soul Train. It just didn't seem like it had any, any <laughs> like, you know, you'd be like, oh, wow, that looks cool. Right. But I wasn't, you know. And then uh, I was in grad school, and my father passed away suddenly. And I just think when you're young, you just, uh, you don't think about death and life ending. Yeah. It reshaped things a lot. And so I originally thought I would do it just to get, extra money. I was like, oh, I'm in grad school, my father. you know, extra money. And then I was, I think I was getting zero response. I mean, not wow. even like, I don't know if I was getting thank yous. I might have just been getting get outs. And <laughs> I was like, oh, I think I should study. And that's, wow. so nice. I went back to school for that. Oh, I love that. And it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, you didn't think that that was a real profession because actually when I switched over to journalism in college, my dad said, and I quote, son, you'll be wasting your intelligence. He didn't think journalism was right, a real profession, right? And that's, which is so yeah, odd. it's so, yeah. But I also didn't realize, you know, there's a lot of work that journalists put in. There's a lot of work. I mean, yes. I started learning that once I was in school for it. But it's kind of like in in this world, we look at the end result. We kind of don't see the climb. We yeah. just see, oh, bam! There you are. You made it. And right. you know, not the years of like writing and working and planning and you know, going here and going there and working you know, at this place to get to the next. I mean, there's so many, there's so many moves that mm-hmm. have to be made. So in those early years, whenever you were getting all those no's, whenever you were diving mm-hmm. into something that was so unknown and a lot of people were telling you, why the hell do you want to mm-hmm. do this, this mm-hmm. acting thing? What was it in you that kept that passion going down this acting path? Well, you know, I didn't have a lot to lose. I had my degree, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Exactly. So I was like, well, you know, if it doesn't work, it look safety not that, net. yeah, not that that not that my safety net was even safe. You right. know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and there, you realize safe. there is no safety right. net. But in my brain, I was like, oh, I could do that, or I could go back to school. I loved mm-hmm. going to school and. Same. I was, uh, I've always I, said if I could be a professional student. Oh I my would goodness, do it. me too. Listen, all I want to do is just learn. That's oh, it. it's so, like, like I'd go and study sociology or theology. Right. Look, I'd still be have no job because. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. you know, I still loved you know academia, and so that yeah. for me was like I was like if I at least I love that. You know, people mm-hmm. are like, would you go back to school and get your PhD? And I'm like, yeah. If there was a time where I didn't have any like responsibility or loans or anything. 
I could go back to school. Like so right. that was fulfilling for me as well. Right. Right. And Thinking back then and thinking now when we when there's a lot of talk about the lack of diversity in Hollywood and the gender pay gap and all these issues, it's always been a problem, but there's mm-hmm. been a lot of renewed focus on it as of late. In what ways do you feel like this current conversation has shaped your career now? And kind of thinking back to when you first started, like just all these conversations about how hard it is for not only women, but specifically black women in mm-hmm. Hollywood how does that? How is that shaping your career as you move forward? Well, when I started, there wasn't social media, so mm-hmm. the conversations weren't. They weren't. They were. They weren't like that. They were so localized. Yeah. There wasn't like Twitter. There, mm-hmm. there, there weren't opinions and stories. So the conversation wasn't that loud. Right. You know what I mean? And you saw some examples. So mm-hmm. some examples meant it's possible. Yeah. That's the beautiful part about youth. Right. Is that, you know, it, it doesn't really see limits. It, mm. you know, it sees the impossible. Like, whereas now, I think social media has really made everything different. It's made everything. And in a lot of ways, it's been great. And in a lot of ways, it's been distracting. You yeah. know what I mean? The good thing about not having it thin is that I never thought anything was going to be immediate. Yeah. I expected things to take time. But, you know, I, you know, I think everything, you know, in the end, whether it's now or then, can serve you. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you just if you're just aware of of exactly what's going on and, you know, what's truth and you know what I mean, what's real. Right. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a lot different. I mean, back then you were sending out your little headshot. <laughs> you know? Right. And just thinking thinking about your career, I mean, what has what would you say has been the biggest learning curve? Because you talk about there's there's a whether it's you know social media, the internet, whatever it might be, there has been a lot mm-hmm. of change that's influenced yeah. Hollywood. So, what kind of navigating your career, like, what would you say has been the biggest learning curve for you? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, I definitely don't know social media. <laughs> and I yet, don't. You appear on it, and you always kill it. Like whether really? like you're doing like rapping challenge, please. Yeah, I guess if somebody else sets the camera up, I can do it. I mean, I understand little Instagram a little bit. I don't really understand Twitter. I don't mm-hmm. know how to tweet. That's um, fine. I know. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I never knew how to snap. I do feel, I feel like I have to get better, but it's very time consuming. It is. It is. Yeah. No, that, it's time consuming. It's a good point because I feel like, you know, that is something that has changed a lot because it, whereas actors used to be able to do a role, maybe do like a few interviews here mm-hmm. and there, mm-hmm. now you're expected to constantly be on and you have to um, constantly yeah. be engaged totally with different. Your fans. Yeah. But I will say this. I love that people can do podcasts like mm-hmm. this now. I right. love that. There's a room to hear different voices. Um, some voices we may not need to hear, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of voices, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, that are great to hear and that right. offer great insight and that are quite thought provoking. Right. And that's what I mean when I'm like, it's just it's it's like having this tool. It depends on how you do it. You know, I can get a knife or stab some and stab someone, or I can cut up some vegetables and make a great salad. And you know. <laughs> Is that the analogy we're going and, with? And, I like and, it. I know, and and you know, I you know what I mean. Or you can you know go cut the the, the weeds out the garden. Like it's, right, right. It just it's it's all the same tool, but it's how you use it. And right. I think I think people in general, humanity, humankind, we're still trying to figure out how to use it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I think you know, and as you mentioned, a lot of people are using it to 
basically like the barrier for entry and creating any kind of content is so low. Like mm-hmm. you can pick up your phone and shoot a, f- a movie. You can, you know, record music on mm-hmm. your own, whatever. Mm-hmm. So the fact that there's a lot of different ways to get stories out there and the fact that you are, that you've kind of been dabbling in this and, you know, writing scripts and things like that. Have you ever thought of just taking your ideas directly out there as opposed to kind of going through the traditional, like trying to sell the script and all that. Like Mm -hmm. if you have this kind of itch to create and do things, why not just go the route of, you know, shooting something and putting it up on YouTube or something like that? I think because for what I want to do, it's so intricate. It's so intricate. And I I like I like looking at things that are cinematic. Mm. Shit, I like lighting. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, light my ass. Make it, <laughs> make it look like I'm sitting on the sun. <laughs> Blow it out. Right. And they'll be like, is that Regina? It sounds like her. <laughs> but the light. Um, but I like all those pieces to the right. puzzle. You know, the, I have an appreciation for the other. But if I if I were going to, you know, put put it out. And maybe there would be... Other things that I would definitely put out, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, that way YouTube channel and stuff. But for this particular thing, I want something, someone who's an amazing director who comes and like, I want a great DP. I want it to look phenomenal. Right. And oh God, I want to know what this is so bad. You just like keep like hyping it up. I want I want to know what this is. But, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to push my limits. I'm not going to push the boundaries or anything. It's it's totally fine. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, I'm curious to know, like, whenever you... Whenever you do, uh, whenever you're working on these projects and doing these different doing these different things, like what what has been that biggest learning lesson for you? Like what what is what is working on these things kind of taught you about yourself and your mm-hmm. creative process? Because I feel like by now being an actor, you can probably go on not not saying that it's easy or anything, but you can kind of that's something that you know that's something yeah. you can kind of go on autopilot for. So you would think, but it right? doesn't. You know, every part you get nervous because it's it's kind of not you. Mm. You know what I mean. So every time I'm like, I hope I can do it again. Mm. You know what I mean. I hope this comes to life. Like I see it in my head, but when I put it on its feet, is it right. going to be what I think? The intention has to be. Just as serious, and you know, you don't like to compare roles because you're. If you compare, you're kind of, and you don't certainly don't want to compare by 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 the public or people's response to it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of what you want to do. So you always hope the pieces fall together, right? Honestly, I'm always nervous until I hear the word action, Hmm. and then I don't think about it. I mean, Hmm. yeah, yeah, you. It's true. You don't know. I mean, I'm just saying nothing. We can't take anything for granted. It's all got to work. It's all got to work out fine. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the, like, we kind of touched on this a little a little bit earlier when you were talking about how you build out a character and flesh it out. And even with uh, with these with this mysterious writing project that you're working <laughs> on, I would love to know, like, what is your creative process whenever you are building something out? Because everybody approaches mm-hmm. projects differently. So for you, when you're writing something or when you are fleshing out a character, what is that creative process for you? Well, I'm writing this with a, with someone, you know, okay. who's a writer, and so she and I just talk. I mean, it mm. kind of came from something that happened to her, happened to me, and we kinda, we just talk, and, yeah. like, it, it gets more exciting. And that's the great thing about collaborations. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. You know, she thinks of something, I think of something, and then sometimes we're stumped, and we're like, yeah, I'll just come tomorrow. Like, nothing's <laughs> happening, or... You know, we're like, that's not, but that doesn't make sense. You know, you go home and you sit because it's not something that you necessarily, that's that's the tricky thing about writing, acting, whatever. It doesn't leave your mind in that moment. Mm. You're walking around with it, you know what I mean, sometimes, right. and you're praying that it clicks. You know what I mean? You're waiting for it to click. Just being able to, like, 
have fun while you're creating. So that's when the space is open for it to kind of flow through you. Exactly. And what would you say your collaboration process is like? Because in your career, you've had the chance to work with a lot of the same people, whether they be actors or directors. And so what has what is your collaboration process like? Because I imagine that you've probably developed some kind of shorthand with people or, you know, this level of comfort where things kind of come a little bit more easily when mm-hmm. when you're creating something. So what is that collaboration process like for you, that give um, and take? Yeah, it's different with every. I mean, some people you know and it's harder. And, like, I've worked with Malcolm a couple times, mm-hmm. Malcolm Lee, and I know Malcolm. And Malcolm also knows me, and I'll call him and be like, Malcolm, I don't like this. Can we change this? Or Malcolm, I like this. Or Malcolm, <laughs> we need this. And, you know, he's kind of like, Regina, uh, <laughs> Regina, and... But, you know, he, but, you know, usually most people are open. I try to stay really open. I mean, I have some great ideas that people have given me that I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have thought about that at all. I mean, you know, it's always a give and take. And you always are learning. You know, you're always learning. Right. Like, you know, you never really know it. And so at what point in your career did you feel confident enough to start asserting your ideas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that took a while. Yeah. You know, it took a while to, to do that. I mean, sometimes it took a while to even say, you know, I need a minute. I'm not yeah. ready. Mm. All those things that you feel like, oh, am I being, oh, I should. You know what I mean? Right. Where you're just, and then you kind of think once you realize it's for the, it's the best thing for the project. If I take that extra two minutes or if something doesn't ring true, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because people can feel that. Right. So watching other actors be like, this doesn't, this doesn't re- feel right. That gives you, you know, you go, oh, it's important. Mm-hmm. That's important. And then you see, you know, directors' responses. And most of the time they're like, what do you mean? And then they totally are like, well, let's try it. Right. And so I think just feeling more comfortable with, with what you do. Absolutely. And, and, how, and what you bring, I think, helps. And so kind of thinking thinking of the career and all the roles that you've done and the and the upcoming projects that you are kind of expanding your creative abilities with yes. where where do you see your career headed still acting but probably a lot a lot of producing mm-hmm. you know what i mean a lot of producing and um collaborating and writing i think that would be really great i mean you know now i'm still doing a lot of work i'm doing the, the showtime series with don Cheeto. i'm so excited Ooh, about that and andrew nice. reynolds who i love too um and that's going to be fun it's set in the 80s right. so, so if you can leave our listeners with one creative lesson mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what would it be god um always be honest huh. you know create creativity should come from an honest place whatever that is for you right and that can't be manufactured, but it also, you got to sit with it. you got to sit with it to know what that is. I mean, everything is about, everything is quick now. Every pace is fast now. So slow down and actually allow creativity to come out of you. Mm-hmm. Allow it to breathe through you. I mean, and it's fun. You know what I mean? I think that's when you know you're really, when you're not doing it for anything else, but whatever you do, you look back and you're like, that was grueling, but it was fun it was worth it like by the time you finish a product you should be in gratitude Mm. even when you're screaming the whole time during (laughs) you know what i mean which is like you know it's kind of like giving birth exactly this has been such a pleasure thank you so much thank you so much so much fun Thanks for listening to Fast Company's Creative Conversation. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe if you like what you've been hearing. Also, check out Fast Company's other podcast, Secrets of the Most Productive People. Have a good one.